Hey everybody, welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Cree, and today I'm really excited to introduce you to my friend, Daniel Cleary, who is the Director of Education for My Body Probiotic Skin Care. Daniel has been an esthetician for 15 years, and I was excited. He's the first male esthetician that I've had on the show, so I wanted to pick his brain about how he segued into a really female-dominated industry, and I wanted to hear a little bit about what it was like for him and the client attraction and who he was working on as a male esthetician in the industry, and then he's probably going to blow your skincare mind when he tells you his journey of how he stepped into the educational realm of the beauty biz world. He has a lot of information to share with you. He's very generous with his knowledge. He's passionate about science, and I learned a ton during the time that I interviewed him. And I think you're going to too. I think you're really going to enjoy the show. So stay tuned and be prepared to learn a lot about the shifts that are taking place in the skincare world. Stay tuned and enjoy the show today. Hello and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. I am a licensed esthetician, spa owner, and beauty biz industry coach, consultant, and educator. I'm so excited to share my love of all things beauty industry related with you. So I invite you to join me each week as I feature compelling interviews with industry educators and leaders and inspirational success stories from my fellow beauty biz practitioners. Stay tuned for some powerful beauty biz inspiration. everybody. It's Lori Crete here, the host of the Beauty Biz Show. And I'm really excited to introduce you to our guest today, who is a very good friend of mine and one of the most intelligent skincare practitioners that I've ever met. So welcome, Daniel Clary. Thank you, Lori. Pleasure to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. And I have a ton of questions for you today because you're a little bit unique in this industry. I haven't had a male esthetician on yet. I'm excited, breaking, breaking you in. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. So let's talk about that a little bit, because I feel like, I don't know if there's even been a statistic ever done, like how many males there are that are estheticians. Do you have any idea? That's, yeah, that's a good question. You know, I don't know, statistically speaking, how many there are. I know we're still considered a rare breed, um, but I think it's definitely something, it's pretty something special and unique, um, having having a male uh, in an industry that is obviously very woman-dominated, but um, you know, skincare professionals don't have to be women. We've been mired in this in this um, thinking that it's a women-only profession, but uh, men are equally as passionate about you know health, wellness, and specifically beauty, if you will. And I think it's fantastic. I've come across a few male estheticians in my travels, and every time we just connect and we are able to you know share similar passions. So I think it's exciting. But I, I still think statistically we're very much a, a rare breed. Still, were you the only guy in your class? I was absolutely. I was. I was the only man in a sea of women. And you know what? It was. It was really cool because. For some reason, you know, I don't know what it is, but women gravitate towards men in this industry for whatever reason, whether it be, you know, some uh, a male figure to, you know, become sort of like a best friend or whatnot, a, a pseudo-therapist. I know we're all by, by default somewhat of therapists, but I think men in a women-dominated industry, um, they do get received quite well. So it's, it's been pretty cool in my 15-plus years as a licensed esthetician um, being very well embraced um, on, in all aspects of what I do. You just answered my next question. So you've been a licensed esthetician for 15 years? It's, I believe I'm about to renew up 15, 
possibly 16 years. Right out of high school, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I found my vocation. I fell madly in love with it, and I decided to take the 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 route of you know getting my license and building myself up in this industry, sort of climbing that um, proverbial ladder, if you will. And I no regrets. I, I look back and I'm so grateful for everything that I've been able to. Uh, learn along the way, all the lessons, um, and, you know, really finding where I belong. There's so many different routes in the industry that you can take, and I figured out where my my place is um, and what I'm doing now as sort of the, the science evangelist, if you will. Um, <laughs> and I've been, in all, I've been in all facets in 15 years. You know, I've been in private practice. I've been uh, working for some brilliant physicians, uh, resort spas, day spas, et cetera, uh, but definitely the, the science of what we do um, really intrigued me the most at a, at a young age, and I've focused my entire 15 years um, on the research side of things. So definitely a forte of mine. Was this your first job out of high school in the beauty biz industry? Did you become... It was, yeah. yeah. Um, a, good friend, a good family friend of mine had a small little day spa um, in the city that I grew up in, and she hired me actually while I was in school she hired me to, you know, sort of run the front desk and um, be sort of her pseudo assistant at the time and just get exposed to that environment early on while I was um, in school getting my license. So it was definitely an experience that I cherish um, being exposed right away in the industry. So wait, because we've been friends for quite a while now. And I know I thought uh-huh. you I know you're an entrepreneur, like that's kind of who your soul is. But Absolutely. didn't you do something with ice cream and Whole Foods and all that stuff? Was that <laughs> I did. When I tell that story, people are like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah. so, I, I, my passions in life are wellness overall. But outside of skincare and the beauty industry, I'm a big passionate lover of holistic food and nutrition and wellness from a systemic or inside perspective. So, you know, I grew up in, in a sort of pseudo hippie Northern California family. I was very much raised with this holistic mindset of, of what we're putting inside of our bodies from a nutrition perspective. And I've actually been uh, dairy free for probably, I don't know, 15 years so wait, um, at I- least. I want to ask you one quick question because this is a conversation we've had, I think when we were out to dinner before you had, and you struggled with and suffered from acne. Absolutely. It's one of the catalysts for me actually getting in this industry is in high school. Um, just like a lot of my peers, we developed acne. Um, and again, growing up with a sort of more holistic mindset, my parents' first line of defense, anytime um, our, their, their kids got sick, were to go to the nutritionist or go to the herbalist rather than going to uh, the primary care or even the dermatologist as a first um, route to treating. So I inherently knew that you know diet was a big component, and I was always eating pretty well. But you know, when you're in high school, there's peer pressure, and you start to go with your friends and eat some of the junk food and this and that. And um, I decided to change my diet completely. I actually, at the time, became completely plant-based, vegan. My mom started taking me to the esthetician once a month to uh, get deep cleansing facials. And that, for lack of a better term, is what cured my skin. And for me, that got me so excited about what um, you know, the, the industry can provide and not only from a, a cosmetic benefit, but truly changing people's lives. So oh, a confidence level goal. for absolutely, a teenager. Absolutely. But wait, let me just ask you, how old were you when you started going to an esthetician? Oh gosh. I want to say I was probably 14. Okay. So you're 14. And did she teach you at all about nutrition combined with the facial she was giving you? Or that's something you just said, Oh, I'm going to stop dairy. And you watched your skin clear up. 
That no, that was more from my my family, lear, learning from my family, learning from my parents on how to eat properly, and then just kind of doing my own little research. Even even as a kid, I was definitely more into the science of of life in general. And so I grew up in Northern California where, you know, this whole farm to table and food is medicine mindset is ingrained in, in pretty much the, the culture up there. Um, and so I did that on my own. So the esthetician, I, I think she might've touched on it here and there, you know, especially the drink a lot of water, this and that. She was very much a holistic oriented esthetician using more botanical based products. Um, but it was, it was kind of a combination of, of that and then doing my own due diligence. So was your ice cream? Now, I want to talk a little bit about this. You were doing this as, after you got your esthetician license, but was it dairy-free? Like, how did this fall into your life to create this type of... Absolutely. So, so yeah. So, no, it was about uh, eight, nine years into, I had this sort of um, moment in life where I wanted to focus more on... I, I was actually in private practice, and I was doing a lot of education with my patients, my clients, on proper nutrition, et cetera. And again, as a foodie, I would always be preparing, you know, delicious meals at home and being dairy free, knowing inherently that dairy just wasn't a part of my life. And, um, um, it didn't resonate with me. Um, but a big lover of desserts. So on occasion in my house, I would start to create these little batches of dairy free ice cream just for, just for pure fun and pleasure. And I slowly started to develop formulas and recipes that were actually spot on. Uh, the dairy ice cream from an ice cream perspective that I used to consume as a kid at a very young age, um, it, 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 it was reminding me of that experience. Now, I would go to the store and I would go try to buy these dairy-free ice cream options out there, and everything was underwhelming. I mean, everything tasted like cardboard. It just wasn't a pleasant experience. So in my mind, I was like, you know what, just for fun, I'm going to try to recreate something that is as healthy as you can possibly be, but completely replicated that experience. I remember as a kid eating ice cream. And so it actually took me a while. I was coming up with a few iterations in my kitchen because I did it when I had some free time um, and nothing was actually getting to where I wanted to be until I actually said, well, wait a minute, let me look at what ice cream is from a science perspective. Cause it literally is even the cleanest ice cream, even from a dairy perspective, it's, it's a science. It's a, it's a ratio of air to solids, to protein. So I took that mind. I spent a couple of months diving into books on traditional dairy ice cream making at the at the library, and I adapted how they utilized inherent science of dairy ingredients. Took that, put it into the ingredients that I was using from a dairy-free perspective. Came up with a formula that was more simple than anything I was doing, using no binders or fillers or anything, uh, but fully replicated that experience of eating dairy when I was a kid from, you know, the Haagen-Dazs Ben and Jerry's days. Um, I came up with this product and it was just received so well by friends and family. I started thinking outside the box of it and said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do something with this. You know, I love what I'm doing right now with my clients, but I've got this for some reason, entrepreneurial bug. And that's probably also being raised in Silicon Valley. Um, you know, I'm surrounded by these amazing entrepreneurs. So that energy was definitely in me. Um, I actually started very slow. I just, uh, a friend of mine who had a booth at the local farmer's market in the Bay area invited me to uh, come sell my product one Sunday. And, uh, that day completely sold out within a couple of hours, the entire community embraced it. I slowly started to see this as a viable business and grew from one farmer's market to two to three until I had to make the decision, wait a minute, this, this can be a very viable business for me. I'm going to take this huge risk and enter into this industry, completely phase out my clientele and 
start a completely new business in an industry I'd never tackled in my life. You know, the, 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 the specialty gourmet food space, but I did it. The risk was very potentially rewarding to me because it was something I was so passionate about. And that's when um, I literally turned it into a viable business. And, you know, you know the rest of the story, but it, it grew pretty big and a lot of lessons learned along the way there. <laughs> yeah, big to into Whole Foods big, right? Absolutely. I was lucky enough and grateful enough to have met um, an executive at Whole Foods who got me into all the stores in Northern California and then grew to over 300 stores in about 11 or 12 states uh, in the Western region of the U.S. So it was definitely an exciting journey. I, you know, the one thing I do know about you is you're really not afraid to make big changes. So how did you segue out of this incredible ice cream experience back into skincare? Is that when you became an educator in the industry? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, uh, again, a lot of lessons learned in the three years that I owned that, um, that company in the food business. And, you know, just like any entrepreneur, uh, sometimes things don't pan out the way that you hope. And so when, when I uh, departed from that company, um, the natural thing for me was to get back in the industry. And I didn't want to build a clientele again. I, I knew that I wanted to do something a little bit different. And obviously, the, the science of, of everything that we do was definitely something I was more excited about. Um, and, and passionate about. So I started researching um, opportunities from an education perspective and found a company uh, that I worked with for a little under three years um, and a, a gentleman who was a very big mentor of mine, Dr. Ben Johnson um, with Osmosis Skincare. And they gave me the opportunity to work in their education department. And it's where I really solidified where I belong, which is, you know, standing on stage, if you will, evangelizing the science of what we do in skincare. So I was with him for a few years, and then um, another company recruited me to tackle the industry from a medical perspective. So now I'm the head of education for a well-known uh, medical probiotic skincare line, still doing the same thing, running the education department, but a little bit of a larger platform, global platform now to work on um, to do what I do best. Well, I have a ton of questions about that, but I want to hit the rewind button just a little bit, and then we're going to segue through your journey as an esthetician. And actually, we, I want to talk about what you do today on a daily basis. But first, Tell me as a male esthetician, what was your clientele like and what did you do most of and how did you attract these people? Because it, it's a unique thing for me to even learn about now. I don't have a lot of guy yeah. esthetician friends. Like what was your day like in a treatment room? Uh, honestly, the majority of my clients were women. Um, you, you look at today, like I grew up in, in the San Francisco Bay Area and you look at some of the male estheticians today and um, they are focusing more on, from, from my experience, they're focusing more on male clients and doing a lot of um, male grooming, et cetera. But the majority of my clients were all women. And I, I was not personally, I was never big on the waxing or the, the flex stuff. I was more on the clinical side, still being as, um, holistic as possible. You know, all the products that I was using, um, were, were very well sourced and curated. Um, but I still wanted to achieve a, a, a clinical, uh, result in a high level of efficacy. So I was doing more clinical facials, um, a little bit more of advanced treatments from a, you know, mild, mild um, alpha hydroxy peels, uh, uh, diamond microdermabrasion, et cetera. Um, uh, that was the bulk of my day. But yeah, I would say probably 90% of my clients were women. And did you and, do any uh, waxing? Did you do eyebrow waxing or anything uh, like that? Or not, really just Not really. Shows? No. I mean, when I first started, just because by default, you have to really figure out where you belong. And so yeah. you have to, in the beginning, I think you have to try it all to see what you like, what you ultimately are, are going to be good at. 
and um, and see what resonates with you. So I, I did in the beginning, but it definitely wasn't my my thing, if you will. Um, I was more on skin. I became an esthetician personally because I was fascinated with the physiology of skin and how skin actually uh, functions. Um, so that that to me was more exciting than than uh, r- ripping hair out of the follicles. <laughs> so you actually, you're this young male esthetician because you were young. Like what was, what were the age of the women coming into you for facials? Were they around your age? Were they a little bit older? Oh, no, 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 no. They were, they were older. Um, you know, I was 18, 19, 20 when I first started. And I would say the demographic was probably 40 plus at least. I, on occasion, I'd have some of the younger uh, uh, clients come in. Um, but honestly, the majority of my patients were much older women. So then you do the ice cream thing and then you start, you segue out of that and you start working for osmosis, which is when you came into my life. Yes. And I still remember you coming to my spa and in my treatment room and you were so sweet and so quiet that day. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think anytime, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got a great personality is what I'm told and I'm very engaging, but when you meet new people, especially, I will be honest with you, Lori, you're, you're well-known in the industry. And so sometimes I get slightly intimidated even today. You know, if I, if I, if I research, uh, uh, say an account I'm going into and they're well-known, whether they're a celebrity esthetician, a well-known plastic surgeon or dermatologist, there's this little intimidation factor. So it just takes a little while to break some, not necessarily break a barrier down, but figure out, okay, who is this individual? And then it just, it's all, it's all fun and games and really a casual environment. But there's always that first few minutes of intimidation, um, and, and butterflies, if you will. Well, it's funny because I forced our friendship after you left. I'm like, I need to know this guy and he needs to be in my life and I'm going to text him whenever I need something and build a friendship. And then we went out, I think it was at face and body in San Jose. And then we started having a few cocktails and really bonded. And That's true. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> realized how much we had in common. So uh, the rest is history. Yeah, the rest is history. We started speaking together at certain engagements, and now we go on date nights with my significant other, Jay, and all three of us have a blast. And I'm really glad you're part of my life because I just think you're awesome. I'm super grateful to have you in mind. Thank you. And now I want to, because I really don't know what your day looks like, but I want to fast forward. So you're now with this company called My Body Probiotic Skincare. And I'll tell you last night in your honor, I used the Glowbiotic pads on my face. And today my skin is looking really good. Excellent. (laughs) I'm obsessed with that and the oil. But from what I hear, you're like rocking it, flying around the world, traveling in private jets. Tell me what you do now. (laughs) Uh, it's sort of a mix of things. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I'm, I'm running the education department for this company and it's, it's a relatively new company. So I think we're entering into our fifth year. Um, but I run the department and we are, you know, a global company now. So I am pretty much on the road about 80 to 85% of the time canvassing the country, canvassing the globe now going into our accounts, doing the uh, advanced level of education, getting them to, the, to know the, the science behind the brand, the philosophy, the nuances between what we do and how we're so uh, different than everyone else out there. Um, so that's, that's definitely a significant portion of my day-to-day activity. I'm also speaking and invited to speak at big um, uh, trade shows, being the keynote speaker, um, really uh, evangelizing, again, the science of the brand. Um, I'm, I'm a great writer as well, I'm finding out. Another one of my passions is I'm apparently really good at writing. And so I've been asked to write some uh, really great articles, and I've been published in some really uh, great um, editorial 
uh, newsletters and 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 magazines, which has been really exciting. So I'm getting a lot a of great recognition. Yeah, I, I think that now that you're more immersed in the medical part of the beauty industry. Do you think, and are you seeing that estheticians are being taken a little more seriously by doctors? Uh, definitely. Um, I, I think that um, physicians, especially in the cosmetic space, whether you're a dermatologist or a plastic surgeon, they're, they're understanding the need for um, estheticians, especially in their practice, because it's, it's, it's something that is sort of the bread and butter. You know, Most physicians today, from my experience, they don't want to do the basic treatments. They don't want to sell product. They want to inject. They want to use their knife if you're a surgeon. Um, and they've figured out that these estheticians can really increase value in their offices and they provide services that are, and, and, and also depending on the states, you know, some states do allow estheticians to do a little bit more um, advanced procedures under the office of that physician. But yeah, they're, they're definitely seeing that an esthetician in their practice is, is definitely a needed thing. Um, and they're getting a lot of great respect. And I've met some uh, incredible estheticians that are doing amazing business. You know, historically, we looked at estheticians and said, the only way you're going to ever make really good money is if you're out on your own. And yeah, that's, that's a very high possibility. If you're, if you're an entrepreneur, you're doing your own thing, you can make great money. But I've met some estheticians who are working as employees and killing it. These people are booked out months in advance. They're making incredible money, and they're doing things they're passionate about. So there's a lot of successful estheticians on both sides, whether you're an employee, independent contractor, or um, you're your own business owner. I do see this major shift taking place now where our profession is being taken more seriously as a career. And people are taking... When I first started working at the A4M, have you ever been there in Vegas? It's where the doctors go to get their anti-aging wellness fellowship. I have heard of it, yep. Well, they would come up to me. I worked for as a, for a vendor there, and they would really weren't interested in the esthetician. They're like, everyone I've ever hired has been a flake. And then I watched it, and I worked there for several years, and they would start coming up going, how do I get a good esthetician in? Now I've heard that you know they're taking it seriously, and they can make money. So I do see a shift, but... Tell me what you do. Like you, when you travel around as the head of education, do you go with the sales rep for the product line most of the time? Yeah, I mean, the, the majority of the time when I'm in uh, any specific area of the country, my local rep will be there with me. So they'll set up appointments for me to either do trainings for existing accounts. I go in and do a refresh training. Um, if it's a big presentation in front of, you know, a, a group of 10 doctors, they'll have me fly out, do that presentation. So, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't consider myself a salesperson whatsoever, but by default I am because education is really the driving force behind sales. You know, you, you can have a great product, but if you're not really highlighting the key differentiating factors of your product, then you just are, are floating around uh, among the masses of, of all these other products. So education is everything. I'm, I, 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 I stand in front of these accounts and these individuals, and I just simply evangelize the science. But by default, because I'm so excited about it, they get excited. It's ultimately one of the best sales tools ever to have a rep have me in front of one of their accounts. I want to talk a little bit because I've read some of your articles that you've written and you, you do have this unique gift in writing. And there's so many estheticians that want to write for trade publications or for local bloggers. Like how did you discover that you had, let's help people out there that maybe want to write. How did you discover you had this gift? Was it just, you sat down and started writing? Was it 
Yeah, it was sort of. It was sort of just by by you know uh, sort of. I guess you could say by force. When I was with Osmosis, um, they were asking if I could start to write these uh, blog posts, and you know I would just take some time here and there, and I would start writing these little blog posts, whether it be on a, a single ingredient or let's talk about how skin regenerates and stuff, whatever topic it may be. I would start to write these little blog posts, and it just started coming out in, in the fluidity and the writing and the language and the color, et cetera. And it just it just naturally happened, and so that got me really excited because that's something that I can um, um, focus on to enhance my career as well. Is something on the side, whether it be for my company that I, I work for, or you know potentially something that can grow and create a, this identity and brand for myself outside of my existing um, job. You know, and I've been asked by our chief medical officer for the brand that I work for now, um, based on his. Um, observance of me speaking and him reading my um, published articles, he asked me to write a book with him, Ooh, which is huge. Fun. Yeah, that'll be right up your alley. You, I can see you shining in that area. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, it was just sort of by, by um, accident that I started writing these blog posts. And now um, I tried to get um, as many articles published throughout the year in different publications. So I want to, do you still, or, because I know we've talked about it before, like getting a little nervous when we get on stage, do you still feel that way? Or is that something that's becoming more comfortable for you? It's definitely becoming more comfortable. I mean, I think I can even walk into an office and it's maybe just five people. And for maybe a couple of minutes, you get that little butterfly because you just never know how you're going to be received by people, right? You don't know what they're thinking and they're like, oh, here we go again, just another uh, individual trying to sell me something. But when they hear me speak and they get that complete authenticity, because I'm not, you know, if, I honestly, even though I represent a brand and I'm an employee of a company, I try to be honestly as brand neutral in my education. I just talk science and everything that I speak about is, is, is verified empirically by clinical validation and science. So I'm not going to put any other brand down. I'm not going to um, say one is better than the other. I'm just going to simply talk about skin physiology and the understanding of skin physiology and what we need to do to skin um, in order to maintain its health long term. That's it. And I think I get so much respect for that because I'm rooted in science. I know my stuff. I can back it up. And um, I don't come off as threatening. And I think that's why um, I get well-received. But yeah, for those first few minutes, even, even honestly, the largest crowd I ever spoke in front of was um, uh, because of you, Lori. I spoke at your event in 2014, I think it was, in LA, and that was over 200 plus people. And no joke, and I think I told you this, I was so nervous getting on that stage. I knew my material. I did very well. I got that great round of applause. I got off that stage, and I felt like I was on cloud nine. <laughs> I'm like, give me, give me 500 people now, right? Yeah. So it's exciting. It's definitely exciting. Yeah, you know what? And everybody loved that speech. It was really fun, and it is. I mean, you know what? Somebody told me a long time ago, and this is so true, you're supposed to feel nervous because that means you care. You know, you really Absolutely. care about what you're speaking on and care about the audience learning from you. So it's normal. I, I want to talk a little bit now about the My Body Probiotic Skincare. Like, what makes this brand unique? Definitely. Um, there, there's quite a few things. So I, I think the biggest differentiating factor is that in, in, in roughly 40 plus years of aesthetic medicine, and I, I, I use that term loosely, aesthetic medicine is really across all industries, whether it be um, in the medical side, the spa side, the retail side. You know, for, for, for 40 plus years, we've, we've looked at the skin 
from sort of an antiquated perspective. You know, we've looked at the skin as simply being this uh, physical barrier from the environment that all its purpose is, is to shield everything in the environment out that we don't want inside of our skin and then hold on to everything that we want to hold on to. And yes, that is true, but we've proven that it's so much more than that. The skin is a very powerful immune organ, and research proves if we can do one thing to maintain skin health and homeostasis is to strengthen the skin's immunity, not suppress it. But the more that we force exfoliate and use these um, harsh ingredients to, in in theory, what we think of as um, activating some sort of wound repair response, we actually suppress skin immunity. We create a a, a significant level of inflammation, which will absolutely exponentially age the skin faster. But not only that, um, when we add inflammation into the skin, because the skin is an immune organ, we not only age it faster, but we make it more susceptible to what's known as pathological genetic expression, so disease. The more that we break that immune system down, just like if we were to compromise our immune system from an internal perspective, the more that we do that topically, the skin's immune system gets suppressed and the skin will ultimately get sick, i.e. potentially even skin cancer. So it's this new understanding of skin physiology that we want to strengthen the skin's immune system. And part of the skin's immune system is this collective residence of bacteria that literally resides on the surface of our skin. In fact, our entire bodies are flooded with bacteria. Research proves we have more bacterial cells in our body than we do human cells. They outnumber them 100 to 1. We are literally more bacteria than we are human. And collectively, that's known as our microbiome. It's part of our body's uh, innate and adaptive immune system. We've learned that we can take probiotics orally, which are living beneficial microorganisms or bacteria, to augment our gut immune system, which is our first line of defense against disease. Same concept topically. We are now sitting on a mound of research and data showing that these probiotic bioactives, when applied topically, have a profoundly impact uh, um, on, on dermal health. So it's, it's understanding this mindset that the skin is an immune system, treat it as such, strengthen the immune system, and not only will the skin maintain this health and, and proper level of homeostasis, but proven also these probiotics can actually stimulate regenerative action and reparative action, um, but without any inflammatory pathways getting activated. So it is, it's the smartest thing that we can do in skincare is strengthen the immune system, and probiotics proven to do it very, very well. So would you would you associate the word nourish with probiotics topically applied? Do they nourish the skin? They feed the skin. That's really my skincare philosophy. I cannot cannot use chemical peels, and I'm not saying they're wrong. They work for some people, but it doesn't feel good to me to put that on somebody's skin. No, you're right, and 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 honestly, again, that's in sort of an antiquated mindset that we we used to think that the only way to stimulate key protein like collagen in the skin was to directly injure the skin. And that was the only way to, to, to build up protein. And that's actually been proven completely false. The, 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 the most um, um, impactful way to induce a cellular regeneration response truly is to get the skin to actually communicate with itself better. And most people don't realize this is, you know, because we think very superficially, especially in the spa industry about skin, we don't really look at the deep level of skin from a cellular and molecular perspective and how literally each cell is talking to one another and releasing these messaging proteins and cytokines, et cetera. And the best way to activate regeneration is let's get the skin to communicate with itself better. Get that epidermis to talk to the dermis to tell it what to do and not force it to do anything. So we, we really want like a harmonious type relationship between the different layers. Absolutely. 
Absolutely, absolutely. That's that's really the the, the long term sustainable answer to anti aging is create regeneration and repair, but minus injury, inflammation, or insult. And and we've got targeted technologies that can absolutely do that. And and one of my big things right now, especially after I entered into the medical space, was clinical validation. You know, uh, unfortunately, in the spa space, we have a lot of marketing, and actually that's really the case for any industry. Marketing is the leading effort in all we do. Um, you can have the greatest product, but if you don't market it in the right way, um, nobody's ever going to really know about it. But unfortunately, with marketing, uh, you can get away with a lot. You know, the FDA doesn't regulate cosmetics, even in the medical space, as well as they should. So unless you're making a drug claim, you can actually get away with a lot of um, marketing um, terminology and, and, and claims. Or fluff, um, and, like fluff. And not, yeah, exactly, and not, and not have to support it in any way. And the beauty of the brand that I work for now, I thought clinical validation, you know, there was obviously many tests that we can put a product through. And I, I know the big one for, um, for the spa space is doing your basic before and afters, you know, doing a Vizia 90 days. And those are fantastic. Those are great. You know, oftentimes a, a patient or a client can look at a before and after, a dramatic 90-day before and after, and that alone will make them say, I need that product. So those are great tools to have. But oftentimes they can be slightly flawed in a way. You know, what is really happening? Are we getting superficial epidermal plumping? Um, what is actually happening? So the, the level of testing that we are available to in the medical space um, goes definitely a little bit deeper. We've got histology testing, which we can literally show from a biopsy perspective, the cross-section of the skin, that we're thickening the dermis, thickening the epidermis, maintaining the viability of the skin's barrier, the stratum corneum. Those are great tools as well, but we take it even further. Our company, and we're one of the handful of companies uh, to do this test because it's very expensive and it's very labor-intensive, but what we do is we put our products through what's known as the DNA microarray test. And basically what this is, is we can actually take our formula or, or, at, or single ingredient, and we can apply it to a DNA array, which is basically a panel with different genetic markers and variants attached to it, uh, specifically the ones that are found in skin. And we can show literally which genes in the skin we are turning on and upregulating, collagen, elastin, barrier repair, hydration, et cetera, and then which genes we are completely turning off inflammatory proteins and cytokines, matrix metalloproteinases, vascular growth factors that can potentially feed cancer cells, et cetera. You cannot get more clinical validation than what you're doing at a genetic level. So it definitely sets us aside. And when I was exposed to this level of testing, I was blown away. And I just knew that this was, this was the only way to prove validity um, at, at, from all angles is showing what we're doing at a genetic level. So it's for me... As I sit in an office and I talk to a physician and evangelize the science, the fact that I've got that type of testing um, um, in, my, in, in my arsenal to, to prove that what we're claiming we're achieving is powerful for what I do. Oh, yeah. I'm sitting here giggling because the passion that just came out of your voice is unbelievable. <laughs> I love it. (laughs) I think it's safe to say, and you can agree with me or disagree with me because I do not know science like you do, is that we need to start understanding as estheticians that inflammation is the root of all evil in our world. It absolutely is. Look at, at, you ask any physician today, whether it be in the cosmetic space, whether it be a internal medicine, the, the root and the common denominator with the majority of diseases that plague our society today, we're talking cancer, Alzheimer's, HIV, all of these big diseases 
there's an underlying theme, and that is inflammation. We need to control inflammation at all costs because it is making us sick, and it's making us more susceptible to uh, pathology and disease, including from a skin perspective. We can't think of the skin as simply being able to take this beating um, all the time and, and, and breaking it down. You know, the skin has not been given the respect that it really deserves in the latter part of the 20th century. We have to take this different perspective and understanding, or else we will be seeing a marked increase, and we already are, but we're going to see it exponentially of, of skin cancer on the rise uh, because we are not respecting the skin like we should. Yeah, I think that's a powerful statement. And you know what? I don't want anyone to listen to this and feel like they're doing something wrong. All I want people to do is start to become more informed and realize the culture and the shifts that are happening in our industry. And I think you have a powerful message to back what these things are. Absolutely. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think I th what I've noticed in the industry, and this is even in medical as well, is um, estheticians, nurses, whoever, whoever it may be that we're talking to, they're craving knowledge. They're craving knowledge, and they've been in an industry that has been really complacent for you know, 20, 30 years. I go to all the trade shows on the spa side and on the medical side, and you see new brands come out there with new products, but you really, for, again, I can, I, I'm, I'm the science guy. I, I, I understand chemistry unlike anyone else out there, and I can turn a bottle around, read the ingredient formulae, and know what's in there, know what every single active does. And when I look at these products that come out year after year, it's a modified version of the same thing. There really hasn't been innovation in our space. And to provide that innovation, it's being so well received because people are looking for something different and they're starting to understand that we are, you know, these beautiful, remarkable machines, the body, and we want to give it a little bit more respect. So it, it's definitely something that people are craving. Okay. Now I want to ask you, and I'm going to put you on the spot. If you had to pick one product from My Body Probiotic Skin Care that you're madly in love with, your favorite, what is it and why? Um, oh, definitely. Uh, it, uh, well, I, I could say two things. I could say there's a single ingredient, um, which is our retinoid. Um, it, really amazing science behind this. The, the pharmacokinetics, or otherwise known as the mechanism of action, how it works is so superior. So we know if you ask any physician today under the sun, what is the one ingredient you would put on a patient's face to activate a you know anti-aging response from a single ingredient? They're likely going to say vitamin A. They're going to say retin A because it's definitely this old school mindset. But to some extent, it absolutely is true. One of the leading causes of photo aging is what we call it. You know, the hallmark signs of aging, model pigmentation, uh, wrinkle formation, et cetera is caused by a depletion of vitamin A in our skin. As soon as we expose our skin to the sun, we get a rapid decrease in the reservoir concentration of vitamin A seen in our skin. Even if you've never used vitamin A topically, you still have vitamin A that gets stored in your skin from diet chiefly, whether you're getting it from beta carotene, from fruits and vegetables, or pro-retinol from butter or other animal sources. You still have vitamin A. And re, uh, the physicians who created retin-A 40-plus years ago looked at how the skin naturally produced the molecule that we know of as retinoic acid because it is the molecule the skin naturally produces. And they said, okay, well, if photoaging is caused by a depletion of this vitamin A and the pure form that the skin naturally produces is retinoic acid, we're going to coin it that. Let's just synthesize it in a lab, apply it topically, and there we go the anti-aging holy grail. Well, they didn't realize the long-term negative implication that that pure form would have when applied topically. And the reason being is retinoic acid is the acid form of vitamin A. And when you apply that form to the skin, it literally dismantles the epidermal protective barrier, that stratum 
corneum. Which is um, why, is this why we're seeing the flaking and sometimes the raw skin from it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because your protective barrier, your literal shield of armor is completely gone. Every single um, clinical study and white paper done in in, in the industry on that specific product, all histology studies show, yeah, you're thickening the dermis, you're thickening parts of the epidermis, but your stratum corneum is completely absent. And we know that that shield of armor, when, when uh, dismantled, absolutely activates inflammation. With retinoic acid, you keep the skin in this sort of perpetual state of inflammation. And I've seen it year over year. If patients that are on that product long term, they have highly vascular skin and very thin skin. You, your skin almost becomes topically addicted. So the challenge with it is it's the only molecule that the skin does produce. So every other form of vitamin A that we use, whether it be retinol, retinal palmitate, retinaldehyde, et cetera, they all have to convert into retinoic acid to be bioavailable. So our scientist, brilliant man, triple PhD, he created a molecule that blows, no joke, everything out of the water. I'm, I'm like a kid in a candy store talking about this active. It's called, it's, it's our form of retinoid, and it's called, uh, it's an acronym, GDR, glycerol diretinoate. And basically what it is, it's a retinoic acid ester. Basically, it's a retinoic acid molecule attached to a fatty acid, a triglyceride in particular. What this does is it stabilizes the molecule, because vitamin A is very unstable, Number two, it makes it more lipophilic, so it can penetrate that lipid-rich um, stratum corneum and cell membrane of the skin. And number three, it decreases its sensitivity profile. So think of it as retinoic acid encapsulated in a, in a liposome, if you will. When we apply GDR to the skin, the skin immediately recognizes it, allowing it to be digested literally like food through the stratum corneum, dissipated through the stratum corneum. It's not active yet. It's actually not released. Once it gets through the protective barrier down to the lower levels of the epidermis where really all ingredients need to go to be effective, that dermal epidermal junction, um, lipase enzymes, which break down fat, will cleave or break apart that molecule, releasing the triglyceride, and then releasing that free retinoic acid at that target site, keeping the barrier intact the entire time. That is why it is so superior. We get that bioactive retinoic acid species into the skin, but keeping the barrier intact the entire time. We actually have side-by-side -side histology studies showing that it fully outperforms retinoic acid and keeps the protective mechanism of the skin intact and the integrity of it intact at all times. It gives you everything you want, full, full uh, regeneration from vitamin A, thickening of dermis, thickening of epidermis, barrier integrity, um, but none of the side effects, which is why it's so superior. So from a single ingredient, that is by far my favorite um, true active. And then my favorite product product would have to be um, a product that we call our My Hero Serum. It literally has everything in our line, for the most part, in one single-use product. So it has that retinoid. It has our uh, unique stable vitamin C. It has peptides that can stimulate key protein in the skin and growth factor production, anti-inflammatories, brightening agents, literally everything in one. It's why we call it the hero product, because it truly is the workhorse of the line. Um, the new products, of course, that pad is, is it's semi-addicting. It's such an amazing oh, yeah. product, because yeah. it's the complete opposite of any other pad you see in either industry, spa, retail, or medical, because most pads out there are high alcohol, high acid. These aren't. These are definitely the complete opposite. They're infused with that probiotic beta-glucans and, and vitamin Cs. There's a mild exfoliation property. There's a unique lactic derivative, which lactic is, you know, the best alpha hydroxy acid we could use in skincare because it's very mild, but it also increases ceramides in the skin and fatty acids, et cetera. But that product is incredible. It, it just leaves the skin really beautiful and glowing and, and gives your skin this uh, slower way of activating regeneration versus doing a, you know, a more aggressive peel.
Well, you know what? I, I'm addicted to those pads. I try to use them like twice a week, but I really thought that I knew what you were going to say and you didn't say it when I asked what your favorite product was. I thought it was going to be the oil because I remember you coming out of my guest bedroom when you were staying with us. And I'm like, what do you have on your skin? It looks so amazing. And it was the oil. You guys have that pinky oil. Yeah. No, it, and that, it's really hard to choose. So the oil is great. You know, the oil is fantastic because it truly goes along this new understanding of skin where we know that the, 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 the skin's protective barrier is also known as the lipid barrier. And it, it's, it's, it's resident to fatty acids and cholesterols and ceramides, these good fats that condition and hydrate and nourish that protective barrier. And we unfortunately lose these fatty acids and lipids over time. So oils are a big buzzword in the industry right now, but we have to use the right oils that are otherwise known as mimetic, meaning mimicking the skin's own natural native oil profile. Um, so yeah, that product is fantastic, but you know, it's really hard to choose. We've got, we've got a nice skew collection. Um, I love it, but if I had to choose one powerful anti-aging powerhouse, I would definitely still have to be that My Hero Serum. Fair enough. I think I have that. I did the little thing for extratv.com and you sent me some of that and I'm going to have yeah. to start reusing it. So I'm going to, that's on my to-do list today. But before we go, I would like you to just share, because you've had such a unique journey as an esthetician. Like what do you, what do you say has contributed to your success and made you so happy and passionate in the industry? I honestly, you just, you just said it. I think it is the passion. I think if, if you can find something that you're passionate about and you're truly persistent with it and you don't give up and you just continue following your dreams, or what I like to always say, like Joseph Campbell, great quote, follow your bliss. Ultimately success will happen. If you, if you, if you live your purpose and you live your passion, success is inevitable. And I think that is the key. And it sounds some, sometimes it can sound cliche, but it's so true. Follow what you love and it's inevitable that you will um, achieve this level of happiness and success that is, um, is so unique and so special. Uh, I, I, that's really the, 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 the best advice I can possibly give is just follow that bliss and follow that passion. I want to thank you for a few different things before we end the show today. And the first one being taking the time to be here, because I know you're super busy. So thank you. I appreciate that. Of course. The second thank you is thank you for pioneering in this industry, because it's people like you that are helping estheticians look professional and being taken more seriously in the, in the industry. So thank you for being a leader for us. My pleasure. I'll continue to do it for as long as I can until I can retire and go lay on that beach that I'm looking forward to doing one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope to see you by my pool in a few months out in Palm Springs. So <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I need to get out there soon. Next time you head west, make sure you stop in and have a sleepover with us again. Absolutely. Okay, I'm Dana. excited about it. Have an awesome week. Thank you again so much. And let's give a shout out to your company. Where can people learn more about My Body Probiotic Skin Care? Yeah, definitely. If you want to go to www.mybodyskincare.com, um, all the information is on there. You can see some um, great educational videos by me, all of our product offerings, a little bit more science on the company, um, background, philosophy, et cetera. There's a lot of information directly on our website. We're out of time today, but I, I'm going to reconnect with you in a little bit and have you back on the show because there are other things I want to talk to you about. So we could talk for hours. Yes. Yes. Don't worry, listeners out there. Daniel's coming back because I have more to pick <laughs> his brain about. But for now, I'm going to let you get on with your week. And again, I appreciate your time and thank you. My it was great. Pleasure, great thank show. You. All right, Daniel, take care. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Beauty Biz Show. I hope this episode leaves you feeling inspired to live beautifully. If you'd like a copy of my free report, 
six simple strategies to generate a dramatic increase in your beauty biz income and fill your appointment book with valuable clients, please visit www.lauricrete.com. Or if you'd like to book an appointment at my spa in Los Angeles, please visit www.thespa10.com. Thanks again for tuning into the Beauty Biz Show.